guys, welcome back to another week of Autastic, uh, your comedian's guide to autism. A little behind the scenes thing, it's really two guys who have uh, autistic loved ones, and then the, before the show we talk about uh, life, a little basketball, a little update on our personal lives. My name is Kirk Smith, and my buddy and co-host... Graham K. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode. Um, yeah, yep, we're, we're out there, you're, you're, you're on the show, you live on ships now, you live... Kirk does comedy. It feels like I'm living ships. on ships. Yeah. Every time we do the podcast, you're on a ship. Uh, even when you're in, you're in Brooklyn, which is where I live, uh, and you supposedly have an apartment. Um, <laughs> I have an apartment, you little jerk. We still, we still, <laughs> we still uh, like FaceTime or Zoom or whatever, because you're like too exhausted to leave your bed because you just came back from like a you know a 4 a.m. flight, and then you have to wake up tomorrow and the next day and go on like a to the bermuda triangle so <laughs> you know kirk's doing it though he's he's uh he's gonna buy a condo and retire in florida and then it'll be uh swept away in the rising tides of global warming and um he'll have to live in my basement <laughs> in brooklyn so yeah. Oh man, all that all that made sense except for if you only had a basement. But if you had a basement, I'm in. No, Grandma's I'm gonna buy a, very... a place. I, I'm gonna buy a place um, in the next ten years. Um, I like it. In probably in the ne- probably sooner to be honest. Probably in the next uh, like three years, two years. And Ooh, um, I like I'm it. gonna I'm gonna look for something with uh, the highest elevation in Brooklyn. So. Okay. Uh, you know, when we get Brooklyn the, Heights every, every five years, there's a, a flooding of this city. Uh, I'll be OK. And um, you'll be in the basement. We'll give you a <laughs> air mattress. So when the water literally not metaphorically. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mattress, yeah. I when, float. When, yeah. <laughs> when the water comes in, you'll raise with you. You'll go up with the water and that'll be your life. <laughs> um, that's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting to think about. Because your life savings and condo will have been washed away in Florida. So rude, very yeah. rude. Yeah, and your whole you working your butt off on these cruise ships will all be for nothing. But that's okay. I'll be for nothing. That's and I'll be in the basement and just have to he- overhear you inviting over beautiful women all the time and just I uh, get to enjoy I it secondhand. Just uh, you tromping around, pounding around up there, like clomping pounding around. Pounding around. Big what do you think I? I I forgot sakes. Your uh, footsteps. I'm an aged man. Your footsteps, you ding dong. Um, <laughs> Your footsteps. Uh, no, I I, I hope. Clunk, I hope. Clunking around. <laughs> I hope I have a, a wife or a significant person by then. So you've got Jeez. a wife and kids I'll and your kids pounding around up there, jumping around. I got to listen yeah, to the bass around. my inflatable mattress. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't wake up. Uh, don't wake up Uncle Kirk. He's sad. Don't wake up Grandpa Kirk down there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, very but rude. you know what? Very I'll give rude. you my points so you can go see JJ. You know, you'll still have your nice. little point scheme. You do still do your points game so you can see JJ. Are you still doing your little? When I'm I first met points Kirk, thing. I gotta. <laughs> well, let go me tell you a little story. So, for our longtime listeners, you know this, but I, we haven't talked about this in years. So, Kirk, when he was first starting out in comedy, before he was, um, you know, making pretty decent coin on these cruise ships. Um, Kirk, in order to afford to see his son, who is in a facility in Sweden, uh, he you know he he's a good father, wants to go all the time. He 
had a spreadsheet with like 25, 50 credit cards on it. And he collects the points. Maybe 25. I mean, and he has like like a full like a manila folder with all these credit cards like he's a spy <laughs> and he like so he knows like how much money to put on them when to cancel so it doesn't ruin his credit and he's just flying around the world uh on points pretty fun and like first class too i i, I was really impressed he's like you can do this this is how you do it and i'm like but i buddy i can't i can't <laughs> I will ruin my credit and go to jail if I do this. I will not be able to keep track. Of, I can't work a spreadsheet. So the things you do for love, you know? Oh, man. You know, it's funny. I still do that, and I just got uh, another card this last week, actually. I got a new Chase business. Now I'm doing business cards because I run a business. It's stand-up comedy, yeah. Kirksmith comedy, yeah. and uh, Kirksmith stand-up. I mean, and uh, yeah, I got a new card going to see JJ next month. Very excited, very excited. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of going to see JJ, I had a weird conversation uh, with a, a fellow comic about just, you know, uh, long-time listeners know JJ lives does live in Sweden, and uh, for me, that's the best option I have for him right now. You know, he's um, severely disabled, and um, the uh, services for an adult who needs... Uh, full-time 24-hour care uh, are very limited in this country and and very costly and so he, he through his mom he's got a swedish passport so it was a it was a really is a huge blessing you know and allows me also to to work and travel and if not i would be you know not just not, not just unable to pay for it but also you know there all the time trying to to, to help take care of him and so and so it was a weird conversation where the guy made me feel kind of uh, dumb, or I, I don't know if he meant it intentionally, but uh, I don't know if people under, don't understand the severity or they don't understand, you know, the the right. um, the lack of good options. A guy uh, made you, you know, feel bad for putting him in Sweden. That, yeah. Yes. Yes. Like he he was saying that he should be it's, living with you. And that is infuriating. Right, he couldn't get his head around. Why does he live with you? Why does he, you know? And, and, it's, and it, it makes me feel a certain way. Not great, obviously. And just like, uh, how are you supposed you to know, make money? Like a yeah, you you he right. needs full time twenty four hour care. Yeah, and he's got you know the epilepsy and a few other little things. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting. It made me think, man. As much as I feel like autism um, education and information's come a long way at the same time i guess it hasn't I mean, people still have these well preconceived feels, ideas of he probably you know. feels that it's it's a uh, a drain on the state and you're shirking your responsibilities and if you decide to have a kid you should keep them at home and you take care of them because you made the decision to have a kid regardless of what the kid turns out to be and why are you letting taxpayers pay for your kid you know that's a lot of, a lot of people think that way where they don't really understand that you can't it's a full-time job taking care of people who are severely disabled you cannot yeah. have any uh, more time to go make out to go make money so you want so you basically you're asking that person hypothetically you to be on welfare and ask for government right. handouts to take care of your kid and then you're going to be in a worse living situation the kid will be in a worse situ- living situation both like mental health wise, both of you will be in a worse place, and they the the you don't have the training that it takes to. I mean, JJ still 
has like first of all he's made huge leaps that he would not have made if he he just lived with his father at home in a basement somewhere fit huge right. huge huge cognitive leaps and he there is That's still true. a um chance that he will find some sort of of job where he can actually make his own money you know whether it's like working on like a factory line or doing laundry or doing something or lawn yeah, care destroying, or snow removal just, yeah destroying uh, or like recycling parts you know like taking up taking apart electronic parts you talked about whatever it is yeah, even, if he, even if he can't find but there are tons and tons and tons of a huge percentage of people with disabilities who eventually will because they're in facilities like that and if they lived alone with their parent who's on welfare in a basement, they would not. And they'd be more of a drain on society. So that type of thinking still in a basement really in makes this, me angry. You're always in a basement. Your life is sad. Kurt. Come on, let's go. Every hypothetical that I come up with, your life is in a basement. Uh, <laughs> Kirk, uh, actually is on the second or third floor in Brooklyn. But... Second, in reality right now floor. he does but uh we're gonna have him in a basement um but anyway yeah that that type of thinking is it it is uh, wrong it, it's it the facts are incorrect it's not well thought thought out and i think it's morally wrong i think it's also insulting um to people like you and i think he needs a stern talking to i think you need to give him a wedgie as well when you're done <laughs> Now I've got to give this other comic who's an older gentleman a swirly. Perfect. It doesn't sound like a gentleman. Just, um. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, like it's true. It's it's there. It's I don't know. The fact it is that interesting you talk, that I, you talk that, that, to that, somebody who's like he does not know, like our listeners and me, like we know what you've been through, like the how hard it is how many sacrifices you've made for him yeah. this the, the, your wife made it's so yeah, many sure. sacrifices and the hard work and and he did live with you he did he did for yeah. years and years and years it's like it's like what do you want dude what do you want like it is interesting uh, that people feel so emboldened too to give their unsolicited opinions about that. That's always surprising too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, how's uh, that? So that was a tough one for me. Uh, I, I have a new uh, a new uh, joke. Are you gonna I talk to him about it? About, um, I mean, we talked about it, and he gave me his opinion. I, I, I don't. I don't know if. Let me what think about it. What did you say it. to him? I don't him? know if it's worth. I tried to explain. I'm like, well, you know, it's, you know, he needs uh, medication for this, and he needs, you know, if something happens, it's nice that they have a nurse on staff and they have this and this, and you know, that's not something I can provide. And I certainly, you know, don't make the kind of money paying for it working on cruise ships. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would take a, a lot more money, and uh, I don't know if he understood. But uh, I think you have to choose your battles, and, and you know, as an older guy, probably late sixties, and I, I don't, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you can convince everybody. You're right. You're yeah. right. It's also one of the. I had things this conversation about, with, well, a, with another the, comic, another woman, a, 
another woman, same, almost almost same thing. How could before she knew my situation, she was saying about how somebody had a disabled kid and how could they put him in a place and not have him live at home? You know, when we were kids, we had a disabled kid in our neighborhood and he lived at home and and you know, and I tried to nicely. She's a nice comic, a nice woman. I tried to nicely you know, say, you know. Yeah, well, every situation is different, and I don't know, you know, the levels of disability are different, and, you know, in your mind, it was nice for him to stay, for that disabled person to stay in his house with his parents. Did his parents feel like that? I mean, they're doing the brunt of the work, not you, from the outside, mm-hmm. you know, just judging, so mm-hmm. it's a tough one, and I, I do feel like um, usually the people's confidence around the situation or, or is directly proportional to their the, their experience with it. So like people that are more experienced with it are very hesitant to criticize what your decision and the people that don't know what they're talking about, they've got all sorts of opinions and they're going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. I've never met somebody with a disabled a severely disabled kid who has told me, "Well, I, you know, you should really they just, you know, they listen and they go, "Well, we think this," but nobody's it's very rare for somebody to you know, be presumptive and, and presumptuous about, you know, what you should be doing yeah. and, and yeah. solutions. And yeah, it's like if that person had cancer, you wouldn't be like, well, you should keep them at home. Right. It's like, a, right. this is a, this is a disease. Yeah. I don't understand. A, they, need yeah. they need help. Situation. Yeah. They need help. What? I don't, <laughs> we should keep them at home. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm obviously more pissed than you are about it. So I'll drop it. Um, you're, <laughs> you're mature. <laughs> I've had too many coffees. I don't know if I'm, I'm mature. Fired up, I think I'm just, dis- I'm disinterested. Yeah, I'm disinterested yeah. in people's opinions sometimes. It's like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's cute. But how's uh, how's old Peter done? He's doing okay. He's t- talking at work again. He got reprimanded. He lost a job oh, no. uh, a while ago for talking too much, um, as our listeners know. And um, he got a new job. And we're like, okay, but you can't talk so much on this one, bud. And he was like, of course not. Why would I ever do that? Why would I ever um, walk up to people and tell the same story every single day about high school? I won't do that. And flash forward two months, three months, he's got reprimanded again uh, for doing that. He can't stop. And so now he's like, well, I'm working better at it now. And I, they said I'm doing better and blah, blah, blah. Like, so I don't know. We'll see. It's just, a, it's just, a, I don't think he can stop. I don't think he has the ability. Um, I mean, you know, it's like almost like an OCD thing. Like he just can't. So it's up to the other people. You know, the thing is that the other people there need training too, not just him. They need to know because right. I know how to make him stop. Um, I know how to be like, uh, Hey, you're repeating. I can't, we can't talk about that right now. And then he immediately goes, I'm so sorry. It's like somebody having like, um, someone daydreaming and then you snap your fingers and then they wake up and you just have to train the other so people. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You say that restaurant you say, that it's, what do you say to him exactly? I go, you're repeating yourself again, Pete. And I go, Peter, okay. the repeater. And he goes, ha, 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 oh, yeah, sorry. And it to uh, a, a neurotypical person, that is rude for you to say to them. But for Peter, he doesn't take it as rude. He takes it as a correction. So, you, you, you know, people 
you know, they 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 don't want to be rude to him. So instead of right. saying um, you're repeating yourself, they complain to their boss, and then he gets fired and loses a job. Right, right, right. So they need training to go. Like it's not rude. If you just politely tell him that he's repeating, he'll stop. He'll walk away from you. So, right. It can't all. You can't lead. The onus can't all be on the disabled person to figure it out. To figure out these very, you know, to him, complex social issues. Uh, so like social contracts that you know we all signed and he wasn't aware of. He doesn't. He he never read the contract. Doesn't understand the contract. So, it's. You know, uh, and what, that's interesting. What we, yeah, I never thought of it like that. Though, but I think you're right. It, the onus is not all on the disabled person. I think you're right. Yeah, hmm. but they, you know, it's their first time hanging out with someone like that and being like, you know, one on one. So they don't know what to do. And I, I, that's fair. That's totally fair. But it's up to the job coach. You know, I mean, what am I going to have to do next time I'm in town? I got to go in to this job and be like with my brother and be like, Hey, just so you know, uh, you can tell Peter to stop and he'll stop. I might have to do that. Right. Might not be a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not there till June. Yeah. But like, I don't know. We'll see. We will see my friend. Um, Hey, should we do in the news? Let's do it. This is a this is an interesting one that uh, good old Grandma found because uh, I'm living in yeah. the basement metaphorically out here on the high seas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bit choppy, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so, uh, Grandma, take it away. You got it. This is from our old pals at Spectrum News, and this article is by Vincent Strully Jr. Um, this, uh, the title is uh, Private Equity Harms Autism Service Market. Private equity's track record with nursing homes and healthcare is littered with tragic examples of profit over quality, yet private equity, PE, has now turned its attention to special education schools that serve children with autism and other developmental challenges. The reason for the attraction is clear enough. Autism diagnosis rates in the United States have tripled in the past 20 years, to one in 44 children. State laws mandate insurance coverage in a majority of these cases, and the decentralized autism service provider market is facing business pressure on many fronts. PE firms in response have gone on a tear of buyouts of consolidation. There have been over 200 acquisitions in the mental health area in the past 10 years by the likes of PE behemoths, Blackstone, KKR, TPG, and Cerberus, as well as by many smaller firms. Uh, Blackstone is the company that's buying up all the residential homes in New York right now and a lot of other major cities and hiking really? the rent. Yeah, they. so they used to just buy like a building and then they, whatever. But now they are buying apartments, like residential homes, and so they can control the market, you know, which is pretty sweet. Um this will end badly is the next sentence uh because it it has not and it is not going well for uh middle class and lower class renters in new york i will tell you that so if that's a harbinger 
Um, anyway, so this is uh, what this author writes. The, this will end badly. PE's need for oversized profits has already led to aggressive growth tactics. Uh, soon, insurers will cut reimbursement, and eventually, PE firms will reassess the risk-reward proposition around applied behavior analysis, ABA providers, and depart en masse. That will leave autism service providers in a worse position than before. PE's involvement and children will hear will bear the brunt of it. There are steps we can take, but we need to act fast. Private equity can be a useful way to provide capital to underfunded businesses, but that has not translated to the to benefits for healthcare. A 2021 economic analysis cited by the U.S. House of Representatives estimated, for example, that the PE-owned nursing homes more than 20,000 lives were lost over a 12-year period by PE math. At the time of purchase, the autism service companies are often valued at hundreds of millions of dollars, but PE investors typically want to double or triple their investments over four to seven years, demanding a 15 to 20 percent annual return. For the kind of growth to occur within a a fee-for-service model that autism service providers use, management and staff are presumed to cut corners to boost profits specifically pe involvement can cause therapists to see double or triple the recommended number of children and it can have it can lead to overloaded supervisors uh under-trained support staff and cookie cutter learning plans pe base centers also tend to overbill hours shirking accountability and decreasing transparency In general, quality care is sacrificed to boost the bottom line. Attempts at rapid growth are failing, and the strain is starting to show. This is why Arsenal Capital-backed Hope Ridge Service, 3,000 children in 12 cases, is being investigated for unethical business practices and abusive behavior. This is also why SoftBank-backed Elemy, allegedly valued at $1.1 billion, left hundreds of families in 11 states in an uproar when they abruptly stopped service with reportedly as little as 15 minutes notice to some patients and retreated to just three states. This is also why the Blackstone-owned Center for Autism and Related Disorders, billing itself as the world's largest autism treatment provider recently closed all 10 of its Oregon centers citing unfavorable insurance payments uh, and and brought in accountant uh, an accountant as their chief executive officer and it's why 360 behavioral health backed um, health backed by DW healthcare partners laid off 503 employees in California these high profile Failures in PE back practices are the bad apples that can spoil ABA's reputation. When profit-driven decisions override ABA's best practices, the the practice, the client, the family, and ultimately the whole perception of ABA is hurt. Not everything's uh, going wrong with autism service providers can be laid at PE's private equity's feet, however. Uh, there has been a dire teacher shortage in the U.S., which has been wildly reported, 
And the case is even more extreme for qualified special education teachers. Consider this. According to the Behavior Analyst Certification Board, there are 60,000 board-certified behavior analysts uh, in the U.S., uh, assuming there are 2.5 million autistic children, that leaves 41 children for ever, ever, every BCBA, the Certified Board Behavioral Analyst, um, with an average a caseload of 12 per BCBA. That is 720,000 children served, which means our current BCBA staffing is not enough to serve two-thirds of the children with autism. Two-thirds, Kirk, in this country, let me reiterate, there is not enough staff for... Yeah. yeah. Um, The the shortage is is, uh, being uh, set against PE's powerful desire to grow, and it's making everything worse. So it should come as no surprise that many provider... Chain, uh, many, 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 excuse me, many provider chains seem to be ignoring the qualification requirements for their staff. According to a 2020 industry research, more than 20,000 therapy providers improperly claimed that a BCBA credential meant that's crazy. They improperly claimed a BCBA. <laughs> They just go to jail for that. Anyway, um, many dedicated licensed practitioners are overloaded, underpaid, and discouraged, and they are leaving the field in disillusionment. Delusionment. Dis- disillusionment. Okay. I give up on that word. Uh, the pressure to meet demand is being... Sure. Yeah. Disillusionment. The pressure is met in de- uh, is, uh, met demand is being felt by all practitioners, nonprofit and for-profit alike. But the PE-backed chains are categorically the worst offenders. They have reportedly put the bottom line ahead of quality. There are steps we can take. Government investigations and parent advocacy groups must expose the stop distributable PE practices. Insurers should consider a more holistic model of payment that focused on results over the service. Increased federal and state findings is critical, as is renewed focus on the teacher recruitment. Stricter certifications, more intensive training, immigration policies that allow more qualified workers into the U.S. public-private partnerships to support autism services. The care of our children and families is too important to put in the hands of um, private equity profiteers, and the time is running out. So, Kirk, the time is now. We got to. Uh, I got to do something. I got to do something. <laughs> I like it. I feel like you have a new career. You could be a uh, like a what's that called? Like an advocate, maybe, or like uh, yeah, I don't know. You could d- dedicate time to change the system. I'll stay in the basement. You get on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, who would have guessed that getting private equity involved in caring for the disabled would not go well? Oh, huh? I guess everybody could have guessed that. Yeah. Uh, it's not, not my favorite yeah. to get private equity involved in caring for the disabled. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's easily predictable. But um, uh, I like the fact that they're exiting. Yeah. 
the, the, the business, you know, that it's not, um, I don't think that's the solution, getting private equity yep. involved, having them making money off people's caring for the disabled. I think it needs to be funded. I think there needs to be funding for it. There's funding for a war in the Ukraine. We certainly send billions of dollars over there. It's so just insane for our yeah. disabled people. Yeah, we have. Yeah, it's it's any a percentage of money it would take. It's like crazy. It's it's just like for what it costs for half of an aircraft carrier, you could solve all of this. You could fix all of it. So yeah, truly. And I'm not just that, very... that 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 that's not that's not uh, a comedian who doesn't know anything making up something. That's proven. What I just said is true. It, 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 so and. And it it it, it, ben- it that's something that directly benefits directly benefits everybody immediately, even if you don't have a disability in your in your in your life, you have it in your community. So yeah, for sure. There are people wandering my neighborhood, who if my if they grew up in my household would not be wandering the neighborhood. My parents yeah. had good jobs, they had time. So. Yeah, no, it's uh, not to end on a downer, but yeah, I agree. Whenever we talk about, uh, you know, before the podcast, we were talking about a story that involved a homeless gentleman. And uh, yeah, if there was uh, better resources, there would be definitely less homeless people in New York City. That's for sure. It's a lot of mental illness. There's a lot. There's a lot in the world. I mean, yeah. it's it's it everywhere. <laughs> it's yeah. like people think it's a New York and California problem. It's not. It's not. Just yeah, wait for a little wait surprise. For, most of those people came from somewhere else. Yeah, most of those came, California yeah. people moved from yeah. Ohio or something. Yeah, just wait, so, wait yeah. for the housing crisis to come to your town. You're going to get homeless people because it's trick. It, it's trickle down. It's like yeah. I'm middle class. I live in a tiny apartment. Who who is I lower middle class? Basement. <laughs> they live less and who's poor they don't live in a tiny apartment anymore they live on the street and if they don't have yeah. if they're meant if they're like disabled in any way and can't figure out how to sign all the forms and there's no help to figure out how to sign the forms to get them you know they're on the street it's like very very simple math and anyway blah 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 um everything's everything you know things go in waves we'll figure it out and um kirk i can't wait to have you in my basement buddy it's gonna be great uh it sounds nasty when you say it like that but uh Mm. i can't wait to buy my own apartment (laughs) all right Um, guys um that has been our podcast where you at this week um yeah you're gonna be great sorry you're great um, There's a bit of a delay. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to be Where you at this uh, week, in Oxford, Pennsylvania, at the ooh. Uh, Soul Joel's. Um, and you can find uh, tickets um, at my on my Instagram. Go to my Instagram right now at, uh, at Mr. Graham K. Um, go to souljoels.com. In Oxford, Pennsylvania. That'll be fun, everybody. Oh, this is a good one. Are you in Chicago? Do you live in Chicago? Because, folks, it's uh, fun stuff happening. I'm going to be at Zany's, headlining Zany's, Chicago, April 12th. April 12th, Zany's, Chicago. Tickets are going to be available on my website very soon. They are available right now. Just Google Zany Chicago. Go to that website. Their tickets are available. 
I like it. I like it. That's a great plug. Uh, this is. I don't know if I even talked to you about this, Grandma, but uh, this next week I am in Israel. Um, Whoa. April, not April, March, March 9th. You can catch me Whoa. at uh, in Tel Aviv. Yeah. Stay at, away from uh, the West Bank. Oh boy. I can't remember the, va- the venue, but uh, I've got shows out in Israel. They'll be on my Instagram if you're in Israel. I know we have a few listeners out there. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, June is the next date I'm plugging is uh, Ottawa at the uh, Absolute Comedy Club. Not Whoa. June, sorry. End of, end of August. End of August. End of August. Oh. Ottawa Comedy Club. Sorry. Jesus yeah, Christ. Absolute Comedy and, Club. Uh, that, well, that's it. Well, did we do it, Kirk? We did it. You could do me a huge favor and share my videos on Facebook. I'm trying to do this big Facebook push. Uh, Kirk Smith Comedy on all your social media. What's your other social media stuff, Graham? Uh, Mr. Graham K, everybody. Let's go. Let's go. Graham K, comedy on YouTube. All right. Great. Let's have a great, have a great week, guys. You can do it.